everybody. How's everybody doing? Come on in from the coffee bar. Let's find our seats. Praise God. Ready for Sunday night service. Amen. Are you awake? Are you hot and sweaty? (laughs) Are you ready for summer to be over? How about some fall? Some fall cool weather. Let's stand up, please. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to say our confession of the United States of America because we're going to see this country change. Amen. And we're seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, seeing it already. Hallelujah. All right. You ready? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We are going to show the youth video again for those of you who weren't here this morning. And those of us who were, we get to see it again. So push the button, please, and turn off the lights. Thank you.
Amen. Camp is can be a life changing experience for the better. Amen. And we've got a lot of a lot of teens, you know, people around here that are in their thirties now that went to youth camp a while, you know, years ago. And praise God, they love the Lord today and they're serving the Lord in the house here. So we love that. Amen. It's happy time, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm going to be in Hebrews chapter 7, I believe it's verse 8. Let me look at my, yes, and I'm in the New King James. Um, today is also Mission Sunday, so if you weren't here this morning and want to give into your missions offering, make sure you write it plainly on your envelope or on your check so that we can make sure it goes in the right account. And also we took up a special offering for Pastor Sample's birthday today. He's 71 years young. And so if you would like to give into that, make sure you put that plainly on your envelope as well, pastor's birthday offering. So we want to make sure that the funds go where they're supposed to go. Amen? Okay, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Here on earth, in churches, across America and around the world, mortal men receive tithes. But there, in heaven, Jesus receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Do you remember the story about the woman um, that put the mite in the offering? Do you remember that story? She put the mite in and it said that Jesus saw. So Jesus sees what we do with our, whether we're tithing and whether we're giving offerings or not. Jesus sees there. He's a witness to it. So although you bring him, them into the house of the Lord, the you know, Jesus is watching and seeing what we're doing or what we're not doing. Amen. So that's good news. That's good news. So praise the Lord. Okay, let's see our financial faith confession. Then we're going to turn this over to Miss Rayliana. She's on. She's on uh, board tonight. Uh, Pastor Josh and Julie are in, heading to Virginia for a week-long thing for his work. So that's cool. All right, let's stand up. Let's see our financial faith confession, and then we're going to turn this over to Rayliana. As we, and then you can bring your tithes and offerings up. As we bring the Lord's tithes and give offerings today. We believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. 
We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. God, you do great things. You have done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high, oh God. You have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God. Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things, you've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave, you free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken to life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You have done great things. Shake prison walls 
raise our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. You've been faithful all the days of my life. And forgive me for the times I wasn't faithful. But I commit tonight by your grace and with your help, I'm going to be the most faithful I can be all the days of my life. And my life's going to be long. And going to be strong. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Wow. Has anybody ever watched an old movie or TV show where there's flashbacks that show you something, show somebody's life years before? And then fast forward to where they are now. I can tell you exactly where Mrs. Pastor and I were this time 17 years ago tonight. There was a table right here. We were sitting at the table. 
and there's a church full of people out here, and they were asking us questions about our lives because they wanted to know if they wanted us to be the pastors or not. How many people were here that night? Robert and Susan. Anybody else here that was here that night? Well, that was Amy. No, Amy, you're just thinking about it. She was scratching her face. She had a little scratch. <laughs> Love, we were up here. And, you know, I, I was just thinking about that, a flashback. All this happened in 17 years in this church, in our lives. The impacts took place. But, you know, I, I just remember the kind of a creepy feeling I had because some people were really, really, really hungry Christians and some people were kind of religious. And, you know, out of that whole night, I just remember two questions that they asked us. Had had one man sitting back there and... He's a religious guy. He said, what do you think about the Ten Commandments? <laughs> and you know, when you don't know anybody here, what's going on? You think, man, are they all like this guy? I mean, here you are. I preached a really on-fire sermon for him that Sunday morning. Here I am Sunday night. What do you think about the Ten Commandments? What am I supposed to say? Well, that's the Old Testament. That's You don't do that. I said, well, the Ten Commandments, I don't know what to say. I said, well, they're in the Bible. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what to say to him. And I remember another question that that was a good question. But at the same time, when you're coming from the Bible Belt out in the Midwest, and you've only heard some really not good things about California, and you know, out there they think a whole lot different about California than what California thinks when you're here. I remember one woman asked me, what do you think about abortion? And you know, I'm sitting here looking and knowing about abortion, what we know, and not knowing out the people what they wanted, so I wanted to make sure I answered that in a really, really, really right, accurate way without somebody sitting on the fence out there about what they thought about that stuff because you always want to help people. And if you just come out with both both barrels blasting, you lose people. And so, you know, we just speak from our heart. said, well, a baby's in that womb, and abortion's killing a baby, and every baby has a right to live. And then the people kind of applauded. I thought, well, praise God, this is a good bunch of people. We could really work with these people because as pastors coming out here, we don't want to be in a church that didn't want God's Word, didn't want the Holy Spirit, didn't want the truth of the Word of God. And so we did what we did and uh, found out only one person voted he didn't want me here. It was the guy who wanted the Ten Commandments question. <laughs> Glory to God. So anyway, that's a flashback, and we have a lot of flashbacks. And I was just thinking also, watching that video a while ago, I was looking at some of those kids in that video there, and I remember the first time I got to meet some of those kids, it was their mom walking in here like this. And now here those little kids are at the youth thing. They're youth in the church now. And so that's some of the changes we've seen over the years. But I would really love to be able to have a flashback and see all the different lives that have been here. Sometimes I think about the people that are in heaven now that come to the church. I think about some of the people here that uh, we led to the Lord on their deathbed, and they're in church now, and just all the different things. That's that's not the sermon I preached. I'm just sitting here just thinking about 17 years ago tonight, we were sitting here at a table and just getting our start here in California. And I am really glad that God called us here, and he sent us here, and the lives have been changed, my family's lives, my kids uprooting and coming out here to be a part of what God's doing. It's just so wonderful. Let's give the Lord another hand again, man. He's, 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 got, he's got good plans for our life. Now, I, I, got, I, got, I got something coming in from the front row. Let me talk. Go ahead. Okay, well, 
Uh, Joe and Portia's be coming back too. They've got their sights set on that. That's that's our youngest son that's been in the ministry out here before. He's in the Marines right now. He's gonna he's got a chance to re up with the Marines in 14 months or get out. And he's getting out because I got to get back to the church. I belong in California, so they'll be coming back. And, amen. And at, as of, as of right now, they'll be bringing three more people with them that weren't around last round. Three three kids. So things have changed. All right. How many of you have their Bible? Your Bible? You got some some divorce or some some device or something you use to look at the scriptures with? Well, hold it up. Hold it up real high. And I like what uh, Pastor John Osteen used to say. Make the devil mad. Let him know that you're serious about the word. Now say this to me. Say this is my Bible. This is the holy written word of God. To, to reveal to me the living word of God. The living word is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's my savior. He's my healer. He's my wisdom. He's my strength. He's everything I need. And everything that he says in the Bible, I can have. Everything he says, I can do. And I am everything he says I am. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I always have more than enough. I'm strong spiritually. I'm strong mentally. I have favor everywhere I go because of Jesus Christ, who lives big in me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Doesn't that make you feel good just to make a good confession based upon the Word of God? Amen. And that's what we, that's what we brought with us when we came out here 17 years ago. What we knew that a lot of people didn't know. And I'm so glad we've taught a lot of people what to do. Susan, I keep thinking about you and about your dad. You know, I just got thrown one. I know Susan really loved her dad, still loves her dad. She puts pictures all the time about her dad's memories and stuff on social media. But I used to go out to McDonald's, oh, about, about once a month. And every time I went in, there was her dad sitting there having his coffee. I sit over there and talk to him a little bit. We chit-chat a little bit. They go about our business. But I think about all the different ones that we've known in all the different realms of life here in California. It's just it's just a blessing. But, you know, uh, I just think about heaven, that when we die, we're going to have a reunion. And it's forever and ever and ever and ever and no more departures. And I know my mom and dad moved to heaven since I've been here. we got a brother moved to heaven since I've been here. But the whole thing about it is, I know that all they did is moved from one location to another. At one point in time, I moved from Indiana to California. And there will come a day I'm going to move from right here to heaven. And when I do, the ones that went before me that moved too, will be together again. That's, that's why the Bible says we don't sorrow like the world sorrows that has no hope. We got that hope and we got that knowledge from the word of God that heaven's a real place. And someday we're going to go there. And that's why we're so serious of what we teach because you can't take somebody someplace you haven't been and you're not familiar with. And so as Christians, when our life is so serious, it revolves around Jesus on his word and the things of God that it's so easy when people that are living like we used to live cross our paths and we can tell them, man, I used to be that way too. I used to be depressed. I used to be drunk. 
I used to be really stupid at all the different things, but I, I met somebody, and his name's Jesus. And then to go on and then explain the benefits of heaven, the things going on. And, you know, that's really what all of our life revolves around and what we preach, what we teach. We want victory on earth. But the thing is, people want to connect with a winner. And, you know, the only ones connected with me before my Jesus days was other losers. So all we did is lost together. But praise God, I've connected a lot of people with the king of winners, Jesus, since I've been a Christian. And that's why I like to teach the Bible to you. All right. Tonight we're going to talk about, now listen to this, how to make healthy choices. How to make healthy choices. We had a handout tonight, didn't we? Did everybody get a handout, the one to hand out? Does anybody need a handout? We're good to go. Robert said, no, he doesn't need one. Okay. All right. How to make healthy choices. And I want you to look at Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I say this all the time. I learned it off Brother Hagen. But I, I want to say it again because I learned this many, many years ago that your excitement for the Word of God is your excitement for Jesus. You know, it would be, wouldn't, wouldn't it be something to have somebody from our church that had to go to a war zone or someplace we hadn't seen him for six months or a year? I said, guys, guys, I just got a letter from so-and-so over the Middle East. I got a letter. And everybody would perk up that love this member of our church say, wow. And as I read that letter, you get a picture of this person's face that was in the war. You think, wow, that's what it's like over there. Well, when we open up the Bible, we're reading a letter from heaven. I've got a letter from Jesus this morning. It's fresh. Amen. The word of God's fresh. It's anointed. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says it's alive and it's full of power. It can change your life. I've got a word from Jesus. Psalms 1 verse 1. This is Jesus going to talk to us tonight. And so, and I, I want to make, I want to make this statement because this is kind of what this is going to revolve around. The Lord gave me this word years ago and it, it pertains to what we're going to talk about tonight. Now listen to this. If you're taking notes, you probably need to write this down to really, really, really help you. Life won't end in success or failure by chance, but by choice. By choice. Choices have consequences. And so, uh, you know, a lot of times ever, as we're coming to the end of the year, coming to the new year, I like to preach around the theme, the first Sunday of the year, I like to preach around the theme of 2022 will not lead to success or failure by chance, but by choice. Your 2022 is going to end exactly how you choose it to end. You know, if it starts getting too hot that you don't want to go to church, you just say, well, it's just too hot, I'll wait till it cools off. Guess what? You'll cool off too spiritually. That may not come back for a while. Amen. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And so Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, the very first word we're going to build around. It says, blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. And in in the Hebrew, uh, every word in the Bible gets their start from the book of Genesis, they call it the law, law of first mention. When God first began to talk to Adam, he said he'd be blessed. And then that says in Hebrew, empowered to prosper. 
empowered to prosper. And so for me, when I read the Bible, I've got that built into my spirit, if you want to say into my memory and my computer on the inside, my spirit. Every time I see the word blessed in the Bible, immediately my heart says empowered to prosper. And so he's getting ready to tell us about what it is to be empowered to prosper. And I think another way to say that that is good, uh, I think most of you are kind of familiar with the word anointing, right? Anointing. Well, a simple, simple definition that Dr. Barclay gives about anointing I like, anointing, Dr. Barclay says, is the presence of Jesus. And how many believe that if you've got the presence of Jesus in your life, you're going to stay depressed or broke or sick very long if the presence of Jesus is on you, with you, in you, working through you? Amen. And so he said, blessed, now we're going to see what this blessed is. Blessed is the man or the woman that walks not, and I put a line there, that in my Bible, because that grabbed my attention, walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that doesn't stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And so in looking at this, I see three things here to do to keep the anointing to prosper. When you get born again, you get that anointing on your life, but there's some things here he tells you you've got to do to keep that anointing. I want to say that again. Some things you've got to do to keep that anointing. And so uh, prosperity is not just talking about money. Prosperity includes money. But biblical prosperity includes spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and socially. God has anointed you to prosper spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and socially. And you know, when I think about that prosperity, you can think about some of the richest people in the world. If you've been, if you're really, really, really totally, totally blessed financially, to where you're whatever amount of money you want to talk about, millions, billions, or tens of thousands, whatever whatever money's big to you, what is that worth if you're dying or a loved one's dying and you have no hope? You're not prospering very much for your family's sake. You're not prospering in the, in the uh, fellowship arena you could have for years and years. But when you are anointed by Jesus, you can get people healed. You can be healed. And I think about the mental part, too. How many know that Alzheimer's, dementia, and all those things are horrible, horrible things? People that are messed up in their heads and just all the different mental things are. You know, somebody can be born into a billionaire's family, but if their mind's not right, they're not prospered. God wants us to prosper in every area of life. And then, you know, it's down to the marriage arena, too. It's, it's a terrible thing to be able to have a bunch of kids... And because of divorces and strifes and everything like that, you never get to see your kids hardly. Or the kids never get to see their parents because of that. That's not prosperity. You can have all the money in the world. You can have divine health. But if your family isn't functional, you're not a prosperous person. But he said, blessed, empowered to prosper is the person. And then he tells you things right here to do. And I want to say it again, choices have consequences. We can make choices. You know, Lawrence this morning was talking about, uh, you know, that, that I read the Bible a lot. 
and I meditate the Word of God a lot. Well, before I was a pastor, when I was a truck driver, when I worked a lot of hours, I kept a Bible beside my bed at nighttime. I praise God they didn't have stupid smartphones back then to be distractions. I kept my Bible beside my bed, and a lot of what I preach today, I learned after long days of work going to bed. I started meditating the Word of God to get the Word of God in my heart and in my thinking. And when I started learning Bible verses, I would always leave my Bible beside my bed to verses I was reading. I'd hear my pastor preach things. I'd hear a preacher on the radio preach things. We didn't have all the media stuff now. I got most of my preaching off the radio. I'd hear things back then. It jumped off at me. And I'd hear things like, uh, by his stripes you were healed. I'd find out where that was. I put that beside my bed. At nighttime going to sleep, I would close my eyes after throw off the light. I'd say, First Peter 2.24, for his own self bear my sins on his own body on the tree. I start quoting that verse while I was reading phrases at a time. If I woke up in the middle of the night, I'd think about that. I'd open my Bible again, and I'd read the whole thing out loud again. I'd do that all night long when I'd wake up, and I'd do that. And the first thing I did when I got in the morning, before I did anything, I'd look up my Bible again, the current verses I was learning. And I'd start quoting them out loud again. And then I'd write them on a piece of paper or a card, a three, three by five card, stick it in my pocket. And all day long, while I was doing things on my job and things like that, when I had time to do it, I'd think about that verse. I'd pull that out and look at it again. First Peter 2.24, who his own self bear my sins. And that's the... I don't know how many Bible verses I know. Might be thousands, I don't know. But all the verses I learned over the years, that's what I did. And I'm currently right now in life still doing the same thing. I got things right now. I'm reading and thinking the same ones over and over all day long. I keep on doing that. I keep on doing that. Lawrence said, you know, I have time to do that. Well, I didn't have time to do it as a truck driver, but guess what? I made time. I had a TV set. This is where they had the cable stuff. And my TV set, when I got bored again and got serious, I took, well, this is, you guys probably saw the old ones on, big wooden ones on wheels. I rolled it over the corner, unplugged it, stuck it up against the corner of my wall, and kept it covered up. I never saw that TV set for years because I kept it out of my sight. And so that's called a choice. Choices have consequences. And so that's what we're talking about tonight, about we have choices to make, That'll cause our success or failure in life, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, socially, in every area of life. And so he says, blessed. Now look back at the word of God. He gives us three things to do to choose as a way of living for our new life in Christ. And so here's the choice. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Now I want you to notice the next thing he says, nor stands in the way of sinners, so listen to this. You may not catch this unless you're a serious student of the word. There must be a difference between ungodly and sinners. Because I would say probably all sinners are ungodly because God, the word godly simply means God-like. And we're supposed to act like Jesus. We're supposed to act like our God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Be imitators of God as dear children imitate their fathers. So ungodly means you don't act like God. And so... And you know, you know, we're not a religious church. You know what I'm talking about. We're not God at all. But the thing is, we have His fruit in our spirit called the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God. We could have love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness. We could forgive people. We got self control. So we got the fruit of the Spirit in us, and we're supposed to love what's on the inside, live on the outside. And so there must be a difference 
between the counsel of the ungodly and walking the way of sinners. Wouldn't you say so? See, automatically Christians think, well, if you're talking about ungodly, you're talking about sinners. Well, that must not be so or he wouldn't separate them right here. And so we're talking about how to be empowered to prosper. It says, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. This means even if a preacher... Now listen to this. This is where the rubber beats the road where you have choices to make. Even if a preacher or a good Christian friend doesn't have revelation of things in the Bible that you do, how many know that all, that all Christians, all preachers don't have revelation about divine healing? They don't all have revelation about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. They don't all have the revelation about bringing your tithe to the storehouse. There's so many things the Bible says. And so since, since, since God and his word are one and the same, then I could, I could say it this way. Bless the man that walketh not in the counsel of the non-word people. Because God's counsel is always in line with his word. And so even if it's a good preacher that knows a lot of things about a lot of things, I'm not at all knocking on Christians or preachers. But if they don't know what you know, and your life's in the balance for healing's sake, or your child, or their financial things, and they don't have the revelation about tithers' rights and things like that, don't walk in their counsel. They might be able, they might have a lot of good stuff about salvation, about love and forgiveness, but if you're about to go bankrupt because you lost your job, you better learn some tithers' rights. And so I, 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 I said this then. Even if they don't have revelation of things in the Bible that you do, don't you change what you know to be true. Don't change what you know to be true to be like people that don't live in line with the Word of God. Always change to live in line with God's counsel that you know. Talk about three things, three things this verse teaches to guard the anointing to prosper in your life. And I want to say again, that prosperity is not just financial, it's your family's health, your family's social health of how they get along. I tell you what, I am not going to let the devil come in and cause my family to go bankrupt as a family where we don't like each other. I just praise God for this weekend when we had family out here from Indiana had all those grandkids all playing together, everybody loving each other, they have such a good time, sitting there fellowshipping and talking about it and knowing that God has prospered our family with our relationships. I like God's anointing on my family. I love all my grandchildren playing together. How many grandchildren do you have, Pastor? How many do we have? Got 24. We got one coming in when? <laughs> anyway, we got a bunch. We got a bunch of them, and I'm so glad that my family gets along. But listen to this. He said that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. You could have fellowship with a lot of good Christians and things like that, but, you know, I think about the healing part, the healing part. If you're needing healing your family and somebody else is a good Christian, but they try to talk to you and say, well, let God's will be done. Well, you got to say, well, God's will said it's his will that above all else we prosper and be in health. God's will is lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, they shall recover. God's will is call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint the sick with all the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Exodus 15, 26, he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee, not killeth thee. And so what I'm telling you is this. There's a lot of people that are good Christians 
that can talk you out of your blessing. And so we've got to make sure. And see, we're not mean Christians. We don't fight people about what they believe or don't believe. That's no good. Christians don't fight. Jesus said, by this, all men know that you're my brethren because you have love one for another. And so we can love people without letting their unbelief get into us and destroy our life. But we're supposed to be able, because of our love, be able to influence other people to bring them up higher. And so people's supposed to look at us, and that's because of the reason for the hope that's in us. Amen? And so that's how this works, and we're talking about making healthy choices. So we got to make the choice. This is a choice. When he says, don't walk with the ungodly, that means... As you're going about your life and your Christian business, don't let people steal what you've got, what you know from the Word of God. Walk in it. That's called a choice. Everybody say a choice. A choice. Now I want you to look at this choice then. Blessed is the man that doesn't stand nor standeth in the way of sinners. And this, to me, this is another choice. And what this means is, you should know better by now than to go to drinking, worldly parties, and events as a participant. Now listen, it's one thing to hang around things that are absolutely that you know are wrong as a participant. It's another thing to go as a missionary. The world's a mission field. Only one time in my 42 and a half years as a Christian if I went to a tavern to hang around boozers because God told me to. I went there and my, I had a drunken brother they, they used to call me all the time. My brothers, you want me to come and hang out again? And I wouldn't do it. My brother called me, and Mrs. Pastor was standing beside me. I said, wow. I said, Jesus wants me to go down to that tavern with him. <laughs> and she said, okay, go ahead. I'll be praying for you. I got there, and when I got there, I led two men to the Lord in that tavern. They got born again. They pioneered a church. One became the pastor. The other's associate pastor. One time, I went to the tavern I drank a Coke while they drank beer and shot pool. And then just the Lord opened the door and began to share things. And then I prayed for both those men to receive Jesus and they began serving the Lord. I went there not to hang out with sinners, but I went there as a missionary for Jesus. Amen. And you know, then I'll say something else. My brother that's in heaven, he was a year and a half younger than me. When my grandpa died, my brother, I just got him saved. He'd been born again just a couple months. And he thought he'd go hang out with sinners and drink with them and change them. Well, he went, he went to the bar where all the samples hung out at after the funeral. And he never did get it right again. For all the rest of the years of his life, he could never get delivered from alcohol again. And the things that he did. So I got to preach his funeral a few years ago. And so he did not go there. He went there, he thought he had the strength to go there to be able to influence somebody. He thought he had to act like a sinner to win a sinner, so he drank with them. I want to tell you this. You don't win sinners by acting like a sinner. You win sinners by acting like Jesus so they see what you've got. You pull them your direction, you don't go their direction. Can you see the difference? He said, blessed is the man that doesn't stand in the way of sinners. Now listen, but that, that that's that's not where I'm going with this point right here, because there's something else that I think's more dangerous. Uh, you don't you don't hang around with them unless God sends you as a missionary. Probably the most deceptive thing in today's world is what you see on the internet day and night. 
the movies, the TV shows you watch. You know, I heard it said this way years ago, and it's always made sense to me. If you wouldn't let a sex pervert come into your house and hang around your kids, why do you turn it on the screen and let them come in through that? If you wouldn't let the boozers and the thugs come into your house and watch your kids, why would you let them come in through the Internet? To me, that's, that's, that's very deceptive. It's obvious if people invite you to a wild party and get, oh, come on, man, you're too good for us. <laughs> you know, don't ever fall for that lie. You just tell them, I just don't do those things anymore. I'm not going to judge you for it. You, you live your life how you want to. But when I did those things, it was destroying me, and I got out of it, and I'm not going back. But you do what you want to. But, you know, if you, if you know that part of it, why don't you just learn the rest of it and on social media or television or movies? You know, I remember there's a, a, a police series came on about 10 years ago. We really liked it. We started watching this show on whatever night it was. I, I don't know if it was Friday night or Saturday. It was a police show come on. Come on about 8 or 9 o'clock on TV. We started watching that. And after a few months, all of a sudden, we saw sly sexual things coming in the back door that all of a sudden we started, we started, they started thought, wow, they're trying to work this thing here. There's no way I'm going to adjust to where I start thinking that's okay. So I said, as good as we liked that show and as good as everything else was, the people even ended up the show by sitting around the dinner table praying over their food. I thought, man, this is a pretty decent modern show to watch. Then when this other things come in that seem to be so acceptable to people, said there's no way that's going to get into me and change my way of thinking. The Bible already tells me what's right. And because the Bible tells me what's right, I'm not going to let a little, little bit of leaven spoil the whole lump. It's not going to happen to me. And so I'm saying this. Watch out who you hang out with on what you watch. Because it'll start changing you. you got to watch that out. And what are we talking about? We're talking about blessed, empowered to prosper in your life. If you want to have a prosperous Christian life, He's telling you three things here not to do. And so don't hang out with sinners on the Internet by constantly feeding on their thoughts and opinions. By constantly feeding on their thoughts and opinions. Their thoughts and opinions are even a good Christian's thoughts and opinions that don't agree with the Bible are not right. And you don't want to get that way. And so uh, God's word, God's word is God's will. And the more you line up with God's will, the more your life's going to be blessed. And so don't hang out with sinners by constantly watching ungodly TV shows and movies. Now, number three, another choice. And this this here, to me, is probably one of the most common things I see that stills the anointing in a believer's life. It says, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor sitteth in the seat of of the scornful. The Lord told me years ago, he gave me this definition. I don't know if it's any dictionaries or not, but he gave it to me. And I've always, I've always stuck with this because it's so good. Listen, now write this down if you need to. A scornful means to murmur, complain, whine about everything, but do nothing to change anything. Now listen to that because there's a lot of people in this church that they're scornful. I'm not saying any of you are, but I've met a lot of people in this church that are scornful, and they don't even realize it. Talk to them on Sunday morning. The first thing they start to do is murmuring, griping, whining about their job, 
about the city, about the police, about the church, about their family, about their kids. He says, if you're going to be empowered to prosper, don't hang out with scornful people. A lot of otherwise good Christians fall into this category. It's so easy to fall into this trap. If you hang out with scornful people as your main companions, it's bound to rub off on you. You know, I remember, I, I remember a couple different people in this church 17 years ago when I came here, a couple leaders in the church. <laughs> oh, boy, what, what brother, they say, blessed darling hearts and stupid heads. They tell, you know, here I am. I'm the new pastor, and I, I, don't, I know nothing about Barstow, nothing. Well, pastor, I want to tell you this. said, this is the meth capital of the world. At that point in time, don't tell anybody, but I didn't know what meth was. You know, all I, only meth I knew is I was born in the Methodist hospital. That's the only meth I knew. That's all the abbreviations on interest papers out there that said M-E-T-H, Methodist hospital. I said, wow, this is the Methodist hospital capital of the world right here. I never knew that. No, what am I saying? I'm saying that I heard other people in the church. I remember somebody told me, they said Barstow is the armpit of the desert. Does that sound like scornful to you? Murmuring and whining? Praise God that some of these people found other places they wanted to move on to. Because I did not want that on me or on this church congregation. We make a Barstow faith confession every week, every service, what we want Barstow to be. That's not scornful. That's speaking blessings over where we live. Can you understand what I'm saying? Now listen to me. We are talking from the word of God that God said, blessed is the man that's not a scornful person. And do you know that who you hang out with is who you're going to act like? And so I know over the years, and there's no other way to say it except to be honest, there's been people that went to the church that I ran into them in places around town. I did my best just to have a short hello and keep on walking because I knew if I gave them 10 minutes, they would vomit all over me what was in their ugly head. And I did not want to get what they had on me because it's so hard. You walk through the door of the church and you're the pastor. You're all fired up and anointed. Walk through the door and you start to know who it is that you don't want to really spend a lot of time with at the door. We walk in love, so we love everybody. But there's some people, you walk in the door, first thing you get is an organ recital. What's the organ recital? Oh, it's my stomach, it's my head, it's my heart, it's my lungs, it's my leg, it's my knees. Every organ is messed up in my body. Or they begin to complain about their bosses, about the other church in town. And just all the things like that. And boy, I tell you what, if you get caught at the door like that, it's almost like sticking a pin in a balloon. The air starts coming out. So by the time it's time to get up here and help people with the real word of God we've got, we have to get ourselves built back up again and say, uh, Robert, excuse me, I'll go back to the restroom for a minute. I have to go back there so I can get on my knees and hide out and say, Jesus, I just, oh, voice that off me by the blood of Jesus. Help me, Lord, to get this right again. But if you in your life hang out with murmurs, whiners, complainers all day long, every day, then no wonder you need to get in here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night to get a spiritual shower. 
by the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. And that's what he said in Ephesians chapter 5, with the washing of the water of the Word. The Word of God washed that off of you. And so there's enough scornful people out of the world we shouldn't have it in the church. Amen. But you know, one thing I want to say about a good church, we've got to be here so people come in here messed up. I can recall when I came in how messed up I was. I'm so glad for churches that helped me come in so I could get what they had so I could change. So people come in, we don't judge them and condemn them. We just win them to become more like Jesus as they watch our lives. And, you know, I learned as a young Christian how to turn the conversation. You're hanging out with somebody and they're a fellow Christian. Hey, uh, what, would you like to go out to lunch? For says that Our family go to lunch after church. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're having roast pastor. <laughs> or roast head usher. They're able to eat the other Christians alive. Well, you just sit there, you keep your mouth shut. Pass the salt, please. Man, think we're going to cool off next week? What did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear what they did? Hear what they did? Hear what they said? Hear what happened? Uh, hey, could, uh, could, could you, could, could, could you uh, catch that waitress attention? We need to get a refill. Don't join in with it. You don't join in with it. And you know what I found as a young Christian? Something caught my attention, hanging around with good Christians. Because I didn't have a whole lot of renewal in my mind yet, I noticed... Because the Lord hooked me up with strong Christians when I first got saved. I'd hang around. I noticed that a lot of things I said, they wouldn't respond to. And after a while, I started getting my attention. Wait a minute. I've done all this stupid talking. I didn't know it was stupid talking. I started realizing it was stupid talking. Because it wasn't in life the Word of God. I started realizing, wait a minute. I've done all the talking. All they're doing is listening. And here they are all talking about the weather. And talking about other things. And they're not talking about the stupid stuff I'm talking about. So I finally started getting a revelation, keep my mouth shut till I know how to talk. And so what I'm telling to you, just get this, get this whole point of what we're talking about tonight. Choices have consequences. And we're learning to make healthy choices. And so for you to keep the anointing of God on your life that you need, for your family to be a blessed family, you got to make the right choices. Don't be a scornful person. And the more you Quit hanging out with the murmurs, the whiners, complainers, unless they're your case that God has for you to work with at the time, then the better you're going to be as a Christian. Amen? Amen. All right. And so anyway, that's the things you do there. And so all these things will cause you to lose the anointing to prosper in life. But then two, uh, verse two, this is what you need to do, which is just the opposite of those things. Verse 2 says, But this person's life, blessed is the man, his delight is in the law of the Lord. That means the Word of God. That means the Holy Scriptures. That means the Bible. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And I think about those years when I was first saved. I was a single man, but I kept my Bible right there at the bedside. I carried verses in my pocket, plus I had a little, little New Testament I carried in my pocket. I delighted in the law of the Lord. I delighted in the Word of God, and this is the fruit of it. A lot of you are my spiritual kids. You're the fruit of it. Because I delighted in the law of the Lord, and in His law, His Word, did I meditate day and night. Now, this, this here is something really important I want to get to. This is where I thought I was going to build the sermon around. 
And the Lord gave it to me, but he had me hit those first three points first. And so it says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. You need to choose to hang out with Jesus and his word every day. You need to choose to hang out with Jesus and his word every day. And you're anointed to prosper spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, and socially will increase. It will increase your anointing to prosper. The presence of Jesus in your life will increase. When the presence of Jesus increases, the anointing increases. When the anointing increases, your prosperity increases. Now keep in mind when I'm saying the word prosperity, that come off the word blessed. I'm saying the word prosperity, we're talking about your family relationships. We're talking about your employment. We're talking about your physical health. We're talking about your children's well-being. We're talking about your life. It increases when you choose. Because he says right here that his delight's in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so listen to this closely. I've taught this a lot of times, but maybe some of you haven't caught the difference yet of what I'm going to say now. Don't just read your Bible. It's good to read your Bible, but train yourself to meditate in the Word of God. You know, I know that uh, there's people who told me things like this. Pastor, uh, I've tried to memorize the Bible. I can't memorize it. And I say, well, I've never memorized the Bible. And that's the truth. Where's all these scriptures come from? I've meditated the Word of God because the Word of God is a spiritual thing. The Word of God has got into my spirit, and so it's down there. And so when I quote things, it's not because I'm that smart or I put them in my head. I didn't. I bypassed my head through Bible meditation. I'll show you how to do that. I bypassed my head and put it straight to my heart. And then in John 14, 26, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will bring to my remembrance. He'll remind me everything the Bible says that I know. And let me say this. You can't remind somebody of something they don't know. Amen. You can't remind somebody of something they don't know. The Holy Ghost can't remind you of something you don't know. He can remind you of what you've learned. You know, now the Holy Ghost can supernaturally give you a verse, which he's done to all of us. How many here besides me have ever all of a sudden God gave you a verse? Well, I'm going to look at that, see if there's anything there. And you look at it, wow, oh Jesus, you're talking to me. But I tell you, it's so wonderful to mature and grow as a Christian to where you're talking to somebody about problems in their life and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to bring scriptures from your heart to your understanding. And so, you know, I'm just thinking about this. Some, some Christians have no idea what I'm saying about not memorizing. Memorize all you want to, but if you meditate, it's going to take you into a whole different realm. Now, listen to this meditate. He says he meditates day and night in the Word of God. Meditates. Now, this word meditate means to ponder by talking to yourself. Ponder by talking to yourself. The Hebrew word means an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's Word. A re-speaking of God's Word. And so ever since I was a new Christian... And I had a pastor, who was a word of faith pastor like I am. He taught us about Bible meditations. I've meditated the Word of God for 42 years. The Word of God's got into my heart. 
And it might sound like memorizing when you're reading them out loud like that, quote where they are. But I wasn't working to memorize them. I was working to put them in my heart. And so I put them in my heart that the Holy Spirit has something to pull out. And that's what he's saying, that you're going to walk. You're going to walk in the empowerment to prosper if you meditate the Word of God. Can you see that in the Bible, what he says right here? He says, this man's blessed that chooses to meditate in the Word of God day and night. I've got some things in my life that God's wanting to change right now. And so for the last, I'd say, two months, there's about, oh boy, about a half a dozen Bible verses in different parts of the Bible that every day, the first thing when I get up in the morning time, I do what I've done for 42 and a half years. I start, I got some of them in Psalms all the way to the book of James and some place in between. These verses say the same type thing. I go to them, I read them out loud, and I quote chapter verse where they are in the Bible, and they're in my heart. And like Pastor Dave said this morning, every time you think about that, he's talking about forgiveness, somebody you know that's wronged you, every time you think, immediately replace that with good thoughts of praying for them and things like that. And so these different things the Lord's been working my life in right now, all night long, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I do the same thing I started off doing 42 years ago. I start quoting those verses. I start talking about where they are during the course of the day, all day long. If, if I'm with people and I can't talk out loud, I'll be sitting there, I'll be looking at you like a major conversation, but I've already stepped into the other world again, stepped into heaven. And when I do, it, just my thing, I said, Lord, I want to thank you that Proverbs, blank, 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 and I quoted out loud. Psalms 37, quoted out loud. James chapter 1, I quoted out loud. I start going through those verses over and over again. What am I doing right now? I'm pondering. I'm thinking about it. I'm reciting it out loud. I'm quoting it. And you know what's happening on the inside of me? James chapter 1 says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. And so for that verse right there, James chapter 1, I think about a thing when it first came out years ago, I thought, man, that's exactly what happens in the Spirit with the Word of God. Do you remember they started coming out with these things called implants for, I think, nicotine implants or some kind of a thing. People got shot in their arm. I never saw one, so I don't know what they looked like. But people got implants that's supposed to be injecting something into it to help them resist the nicotine temptation. And people, you know, they get things like that. I thought, that's what the implanted Word is. That Word gets planted in my spirit. And it keeps pumping anointing into me in this area all day long. It helps me to walk in victory over that. The implanted word. So that's what he's talking about. Meditate the word day and night. Day and night. And then verse 3 tells us the results of the person that makes those three healthy choices. They don't hang out with the wrong people. They watch their mouth and people hang out with about how they're bad-mouthing everybody all the time and no answers, just whining. They choose instead, instead to hang out with Jesus. Then he said, he shall be like a tree. Who's going to be like this? The man's empowered to prosper because he made healthy choices. What's he going to be like? A tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit. That bringeth forth his fruit. What's of the fruit that I want to bring forth in my life? Number one, I didn't have a wife. I got a healthy wife. I got a spiritually strong wife. I got a wife that backs me, moved me every step of the way all these years. What did we produce? We, we produce what the Bible calls the fruit of the womb. The fruit of the womb is our reward. And so what does my fruit do? My fruit serves Jesus. 
Amen. My fruit's not a curse, they're a blessing. It says that's what this man does. He brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shot out wither. And I like this. This takes us back around full circle, this last phrase. And whatsoever he doeth shall what? Prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall what? Prosper. And so anyway, we as Christians have to know this is the result of making healthy choices. I'm going to close with this right here. I made a few comments about this last phrase, what you do shall prosper. If prosper spiritually, that means you'll have a closer walk with God. That's spiritual prosperity. You're born again, and you don't stay stagnant. You get closer to God all the time. And then mentally, a sharper mind and memory. I'll tell you what, I like to have a prosperous mind. I refuse to let the curse of old type stuff get on my head and knock me out. I want to have a prosperous mind and memory. And then also physically, what's every just shall prosper? Physically, divine healing, if you need it. At divine health, just stay well. And financially, I wrote this down, you're out of debt paying cash for everything. Whatsoever you do, shall prosper, out of debt, paying cash for everything. We're talking about the biblical prosperity God's way. God said we're supposed to be the lenders, not the borrowers. Amen. And socially, my family and friends all getting along, join life together, good times together with them. That's called prosperity. Amen. And so anyway, that's how you make healthy choices. Life won't end in success or failure for you by chance but by choice. Make healthy choices every day. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Amen. Uh, Well, Mrs. Pastor, let's get up from the table and go back to the hotel. I hope they liked us. (laughs) Amen. How many think we made a healthy choice by coming out here? Amen. And you made healthy choices by being here. Amen. Hallelujah. Rayliana made a healthy choice. I remember that little girl come walking in the door, man, about this tall. It said, Rayliana, her grandma come walking with her. And she said, I call her Ray Ray. <laughs> remember that, Barbara? Yep. All right. Well, this is, this is our time where we worship the Lord. If you need prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you. We'll hold hands and pray the prayer of faith with you to agree with you, whatever you need. But glory to God. I I love the anointing, and we have the anointing up here to help you. So let's worship God, and then we will just see you all get blessed.
Ray, Ray, good job. <laughs> hey, man. And, and, and you know, I, th- I think about, you know, when, when, when God said he blesses the work of your hands, you know what the work of my hands are? I'm looking at it. You're the work of my hands. And this is a blessed church. I look at Rayliana up there, and I look at all of you, how far you've come all these years here. This is a very blessed church. Hey, man, that, oh, it's just nothing but better and better and better and better. Are we ready to make our Barstow faith confession? All right, let's do this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. 
Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen.